0: Hello and welcome to The Blueprint, lifestyle design podcast. Unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized life. And now, ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future, here's your host, Andrew Lord. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Blueprint. We are talking with Mark Glover. Try Not To Panic, 10 Tips For Overcoming Anxiety And Depression, and we're just in the middle of an interview where he has just been sharing very vulnerably, very authentically on uh, the struggles that he has faced, but also some of the strategies that he has used to overcome those we've talked about. Uh, his creativity, his drawing and his photography, and coupled with that the time that he spends in nature, and coupled with that the health and fitness uh, aspect that he's been able to embed into his life. And we've also talked about the positive purpose of pain, how these attacks, these anxiety and depression uh, bouts or seasons are also wake-up calls um, enabling us to self-correct and improve where we're at in life. In this interview, we're unpacking some more of those aspects around mental health and overcoming anxiety and depression, but we're also translating that into the world of education as well. So it's been a fascinating interview so far. It was great to catch up with Mark and I'm really looking forward to sharing the rest of this interview with you now. So let's get into it.
1: But you do get that kind of perspective and I I guess now like I can go once I've sort of lost that moment of sheer terror, I'll mm. start going. Okay, what's wrong? What's wrong? What What are you not doing? What are you not fixing? You know what? What what, are you, what is? What has brought you to this point where you kind of you didn't think? And I'll you know I think I'll always have those points. I think it's part of my life. You know mm. I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing yeah. because I think I would be far worse being someone who sits stagnant. You know, in just an unhappy whatever mm. job relationship. Hmm. circumstance you know um i I prefer that than sort of just sitting there and spending 10 wasting 10 years of my life yeah and i find that it does go quite quick now like you know like i i I won't always get to that terrible point but i do find that i have like a less tolerance of um of things that do me wrong you know yeah Uh, because i recognize i start recognizing no this is not right you know you've got to do something about this i suppose you know there's always crutches you know be it alcohol be it coffee i mean coffees are terrible you know like i love coffee but you know like i almost cut caffeine out of my life you know at, at, at times because it's just such a crutch you know it's just like i have another coffee just to get through this and yeah. all this time you're ignoring the fact that you're tired and you're exhausted mm. and you're and yeah. you just like oh you know i just keep smashing caffeine it's fine it's a legal drug you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, yeah. and you just get to this point and you're going hold on you you're actually ruining your health mm. For the fact that you can't do because you maybe should be doing exercise or you should maybe be taking more time off and maybe having quiet time and mm. you know i mean i love music but i i as a teacher i love quiet time i love just mm. coming home and having an hour of just not listening to any person saying anything yeah. you know and that's quite hard sometimes for us especially for partners you know just that look i need to just come home and not talk to anyone because yeah i've spent five hours literally just having everyone talk at me (laughs) yeah and i guess because i'm quite a i'm even though i'm very talkative you know i'm 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 quite a sort of introverted person and i i like to have my quiet space to kind of think about the day and kind of you know analyze things or not think about the day sometimes you know just Mm. go well that was a rubbish day i'm just gonna just read a book or, you know, just kind of just zone out on that, you know, and that's yeah. fine because, you know, not everything, you don't need to analyze everything in your life. Mm. Sometimes rubbish days are just rubbish days, you know, and there's no greater purpose or anything in it, you know?
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> with all of those, um, experiences, this is a tricky question, but it's one that we ask to everyone who comes on the podcast. How yeah. do you define success?
1: um yeah I, I read your question yeah um i think i define success very differently to how i would have as a younger person i think when i when i was younger not that i've ever wanted to be famous or anything like that but i think i would have had very definite sort of monetary and um you know sort of levels of achievement that i would have seen okay this is me being a successful person whereas now i i mean i sort of i sort of say i want to i want a quietly happy life you know Mm. i don't want that to me as a success when you can when you can have that success but not necessarily feel that i have to you know preach about it or or you know show it off to anyone i just want to be quietly happy within my life you know Mm. and find that little quiet space where i can live and carve out my own life Mm. and i'm still figuring out what that is you know after many sort of unsuccessful attempts in other ways but um yeah, I, I guess as at, to me, a lot of success is born of failure and every, I would, I would say actually what, almost everything I've ever learned is born of failure. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm someone who needs to fail to learn, you know, mm. to go, Oh, that's not the way let's go and try something else. You know, mm. um, I don't know it's cause I'm stubborn or uh, who knows, but, um, but yeah, so I think to me, success is, is happiness. And I think that's a universal, it's such a universal thing that people want to find this kind of simplest simple version of happiness hmm. I think often we dress it up in in other things like oh, I if don't if I don't get a B and C, well then I'm a failure um I think that's it's a different picture for everyone and I think if you're very honest with yourself you will realize that it's a different picture for everyone and some people maybe I've met people who are totally happy and with their family and their family life and their children, and they're never going to have a career, and their kids mm-hmm. are everything, and that's their version of happiness, and that's wonderful. What a great, what a great thing. Mm-hmm. I met people who are completely career focused, and that's their happiness. You know, I've also met people who are completely career focused, and they are immensely unhappy. You know, mm-hmm. so I yeah. guess there's no singular to me definition of success, but to me, it's basically finding it's a very simple form of what makes you happy you know what what can you can you can you really boil it down to certain things to me it is some pretty simple you know like i like i like sort of to me i find happiness in moments like i love music i love going to concerts i've gone to many concerts alone you know because i have quite sort of a broad taste in music and um you know i'll be sitting at a concert and i'll just be surrounded by people who i don't know yet all sort of living in that same moment Mm. and I can't think of anything that really brings, I mean, I went to see Green Day and, you know, like there were people, you know, in their forties and young kids and Japanese people who didn't speak any English, but knew every word and sang it out loud. And I, I can't think of anything else that's going to bring all those people together hmm. in the same place and feeling the same thing yet we're, none of us went there together, you know, and yeah. it, was quite a, it was quite a, you know, sort of moving thing. And I find that often at concerts, you know, like you hmm. can, you can sort of, find the shared collective experience that is a very simple moment of happiness but to me it's you know that i get to appreciate that and same with nature as well you know like to go on a hike and just experience it that that mm. you know it doesn't cost anything but it enrich- enriches your life so i guess it's finding moments of enrichment and being able to appreciate them i guess is maybe success to me you know yeah
0: no that's good that's good how do you think we um can better i, I define education as uh, a tool to scale success. You yeah, know, and I think that, um, uh, I've spoken a lot of times on the podcast about, you know, you would have heard it before that we, we have a system that was designed 125 years ago and yeah. is designed to, to meet a version of success that, um, doesn't necessarily exist anymore. And, yeah. um, is there any ways that you think that education needs to change to kind of realign with this new definition of success?
1: yeah i, I mean it, it in a way it astounds me like especially after i mean i remember being absolutely shocked coming back into the education system after you know like 20 years away you know and and still <laughs> seeing the Same. <laughs> like i was like oh my god it's going to be like walking into this classroom of the future and there's all these things i mean smart boards i remember being terrified of a smart board
0: hmm.
1: and i still don't know how to use a smart board properly and they are literally the biggest waste of money in the universe. Yeah. you know um it was back in the day when everything had to be smart yeah everything and, know, smart. and there's still this tendency to really poorly adopt new technology in education mm-hmm. um which is again astounds me because we're and especially when we're looking at the market we're trying to sell it to who are people who are just they're born with the you know, basically with a smartphone in their hand, and they 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 will always be generations. We can't teach them anything about technology. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's really like you know, we are the sort of Victorians trying to teach you know like our generation about something. You know, like it's 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 a, it's a ludicrous concept. You know, to think that we could actually teach them anything about technology. Um, as to what what we could change in education. Um, I think I think education has to evolve. I think that's the biggest thing I find is that like we have to evolve the concept of education. It's education is just a continual process now. Mm-hmm. It, it is these kids have no barrier again. The no barrier to entry thing comes really into play where they there's nothing there's nothing that's going to stop them if they want to um, at whatever point they choose to engage with it. And a lot of them it's not going to be when they're fifteen or seventeen you know but they will have that access to information where i suppose where when i was at school um your choice was that someone would teach you about geography or history or maths Mm -hmm. and once you got past the basics i think i mean there's still a need for basic education but um once you got need got past that need i I guess what we need to change it more towards is how to process information Mm -hmm. and how to how to kind of what to do with that information and to be able to like build and use it properly and also assess information. Because as I said, you know, like all information is of equal value. Now mm. something that I see on Reddit is equal to something that I read in the Sydney morning Herald is equal to whatever, you know, something that someone's putting out on YouTube. Mm. Um, so it's, that's a very confusing and kind of worrying thing mm. um, because they have to filter so much more information than us. Yeah. And something I found really interesting as kind of as a sideline is, I you know, like I'm being into music and stuff, I've always been like, oh man, you know, you kind of think you're cool and you go to the kids, oh, you should hear this. Mm-hmm. And they have no interest in hearing that whatsoever, mm-hmm. even yeah. if it's something that they could really like. And it, I used to get, used to really get to me, I'd be like, how dare you not like what I like? <laughs> I've invested 30 years in this, buddy, you will like that. <laughs> and But then I realized, um, which is, is a huge problem for them, is social cachet is what it's all about um it doesn't matter that it's the best song they may well like it but unless someone else has discovered it because mm-hmm. they have all the music in history they don't have a, they're not limited by how much they can hear on the radio or buy on cd or or yeah. you know whatever because they have everything in, in human history they could listen to you're kind of wasting your time going and pursuing this artist over here that no one's heard about because yeah. you've got no one to talk to about yeah that artist so they kind of have to really define what they're going to look like and maybe education needs to be a bit like that you know not mm. the social cachet but like we kind of really have to define how we engage kids and mm. and and really focus and sometimes that means abandoning old ways i mean one of the things that i've been working on and which i hope to sort of work more on i got into manga and comic books i went and bought a whole Invested heavily in buying manga and comic books, I'm like, this is what the kids are reading. I'm going to read a whole bunch of it, mm. and all the concepts are there. Some of these manga comics, I mean, there's adult content in it, which is saying you have to be a bit careful about. <laughs> but it's this whole, it's this cultural snobbery, I guess, of um of looking at something and saying it has no value. Now, I mean, there's there's manga series that I've read that have everything that you have in a novel, and they stretch to sometimes. 300 issues mm. and just because it's an illustrated thing people go oh it can't be anything in that you know mm. and you go well actually if you look at the same people who are doing that I sort of sitting there and what did you go see at the cinema I went and saw um you know uh the new superman or batman or whatever you know and you're going hold on <laughs> you're snobbing this and you like kind of create you sort of saying well this is this yeah. is suitable enough for me to kind of go and look at and praise Mm -hmm. and, and, and analyze, you know, post, have a post analysis on, on the sort of, you know, themes and stuff like that. Mm. So I think that's where we need, the change needs to be more in the educator than it needs to be in the student, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think, I don't think we're ever going to successfully get things across if we just keep on pushing the same means. Like I've been, so I've started this manga club for kids because I noticed they draw a lot and it's actually more, as i've sort of come more to grips with that i realize it is more about the drawing for them than maybe the storytelling
0: Mm. but
1: i've seen kids that have immense talents i mean the one that really inspired me was this girl i was told you who had no she had the first class i had her in she threw a desk over (laughs) and like started crying and i was like i can't deal with this Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was no training on this in in university (laughs) <laughs> and then i remember talking to her and i saw she had these little sketches she did and then i was talking to her and i was saying what are you what's this you know what are you doing and she was like oh this is this character it's this um steven universe which i believe is like this kid's cartoon kind of mangary." and she was she had made these entire stories and books and her drawings were just incredible i'm like oh my god you could literally this is a career for you mm. yeah no one is going to realize because you because your teachers are idiots who don't have this access into this culture Mm. and that's fine but if no parent ever realizes that and that person never has the confidence to kind of go into that
0: Mm.
1: then isn't that a tremendous loss that this person had this amazing talent and they might wind up working you know on you know in a a petrol station you know and there's nothing wrong not to devalue that but to have an immense talent that isn't used is massive waste you know and i think Mm. that's my i see so much like that yeah And that's super hard and that's what i like about the stuff you're doing is i really do see that ability to take kids out of out of the established thing Mm. out of the established sort of out of the desk is huge and that's something i've especially teaching things like geography like we've had them mapping the school and a lot of it falls flat on its face Mm but it's the, it's the extra 10 or 20% that you're getting that you wouldn't get at a desk. Yeah. That matters, you know, like there's still going to be kids who are going to go cruise through the whole thing and not pay any attention to what you're saying, but it's not, you're not going to, you're not going to win those ones anyway, you know? Yeah. So it's about, it's about finding that connection with the kids and, and just giving them that, showing them value in what they're doing. And I think that <laughs> this, this, this is a generation who that is hugely important and I often have kids say to me why are we learning this for? I'm never gonna use this. Hmm. And that's, I mean, I was, I'm sure I just would've said that at school, I'm sure I remember saying that about like, I'm never gonna use geometry or, you know, whatever. whatever yeah. <laughs> never use equations. But yeah. um, I think it's more important for these kids because they realize that they have a bombardment of everything and it's that music thing again, is they like, well, I've got everything in the world to learn,
0: mm-hmm.
1: why are you pressing this on me? And at least you yeah. can relate it back to, okay, well, you know, we're going to go to learn mapping because you know like you're going to want to build a house one day and if you put your house on the wrong side of the hill you're going to have, you have your heating costs or you know or your cooling costs are going to be through the roof so
0: yeah you
1: know, and you might not care but your wife or partner may care because mm. you know they're going to be the one that comes home and whines at you every day about <laughs> how hot your house is, is you know <laughs>
0: I love that about project-based learning, you know, in, in a project where particularly if it's an interest-based project for the kid, they don't ask that question. They don't say, why am I doing this? You know, yeah. they know why they're doing it. It's not going to fit or it's not going to work or it's not going to yeah. do what it's supposed to do if it, if it's a project and it's a project that they're invested in um, seeing the outcome for. So I love that. Totally.
1: You, if, you, if you can motivate them, I mean, like I've said, you know, before, like I have no interest in rugby. But mm. if you can learn everything in the world from rugby league, mm. if you can learn it from reading, I don't know, Fatty vorton's biography, yeah, who cares? You know, yeah. like I don't, you don't have to read Shakespeare if you can mm. learn it from, you know, I don't know whether Fatty. <laughs> I'm sure there must be some <laughs> some sort of narrative there, but you know, but yeah. I mean, if you can learn it from that, I don't. That's you know, and that's why I do like the the whole. we need to be maybe moving towards these individual projects but then i guess the problem then is motivation and also it takes a lot more work to kind of Mm. like mark a diverse range of information that you may not have be an expert on but i think that's saying we've also got to let go of you know the fact that we we are not the you know the repository of all this um absolutely yeah of of the you know we're not we're not the golden god of information we need Mm. to let that go you know because
0: well, it's an outdated oh. concept now, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah. the, the information is there for everyone yeah. on the internet to yeah. say that we can stand at the front of the room, and that we hold it, uh, and only we, um, yeah. yeah, is is not going not gonna to fly I've googled.
1: Anywhere. I've Googled plenty of things in the classroom unashamedly. I'll be, oh, yeah. I don't know. If I don't know the answer. Yeah. Google says it's, you know, 7 million people. Because yeah. <laughs> <And laughs> that's what kids get that because that's what they would have done. They would have just been like, why are we even thinking about this? it's a waste of space
0: yeah i think um there's a theme that sort of keeps coming up with some of these things that you've said whether it's feeling it in nature whether it's feeling it at a concert or even you know questioning what is the value of learning something i think it's socially constructed you know if it can give you that sense of belonging of um I, i connect with this because it allows me to feel that i'm connected with other people then um it's powerful in that way and i think that helps to tie back to some of the stuff that we were talking about earlier which is you know some of the the mental health um challenges that you know so many people face Uh, i think connected to that is a a sense of not feeling that they're in the right place i don't know if you've
1: if you've found that um yeah definitely like i mean i I think that's something we really underestimate is the level of stuff that these kids are dealing with is just phenomenal you know Mm -hmm. and you know like i've had i've had kids tell me things and you go god well if that was my home life of course i wouldn't care about education Mm -hmm. i wouldn't you know and you know i think it's a very being a young adult is super hard anyway but to deal with all these other things on top of it you know and and so we need to be more adaptive and how we and let I me mean, to give to give it its due education has jumped on board with that you know but it's it's an incredibly it's an incredible hard incredibly hard thing to expect a teacher with 30 kids and in some of my classes half of those may have you know sort of learning difficulties or you know some sort of adhd 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 you know and all these things and when anxiety issues or depressive issue to expect one person to deal with all of that is an impossibility you know mm. and and that's the ones we know about you know mm. it may be 50% it could be 75% of it so yeah. i think that's the struggle i guess is how do we kind of how do you help everyone in a situation where you're just staying afloat? Mm. And that's always going to be a struggle. It's probably always been a struggle for education, but I think it's also particularly a, a lot harder now. Yeah. And also the sense of, um, I think kids have a sense of isolation as well, you know, mm. um, cause they, you know, the connectivity, the whole, I mean, I was reading an article this not long ago, there are, this is the generation of loneliness, you know, where they have so many friends and a device. Yet at the end of the day, those devices separate them away and make them sort of give this art- sort of artifice of having a life rather than having real friends and having that real connection. You know? mm.
0: And everyone suffers
1: from that. You know, like, I've suffered mm. from it, you know, where you sort of kind of wind up, you know, scrolling for hours and you sort of see there's such a disconnect and you just fill the hours. I mean, I, I find it quite bizarre when I say to a child, what do you do in your spare time? And they go, I just lie on my bed and look at my, Phone. i'm like mm-hmm. well don't you play a sport or don't you go outside or don't you do this because those are the things that i did when i was a kid and mm-hmm. um and yet i get it because sometimes that's what i come home and do is just mindlessly mm-hmm. scroll mm-hmm. and i guess that's probably like another thing i suppose it's a depression thing is that's so super aware of and super vigilant of because you can just kind of put off your problems through this medium
0: yeah,
1: yeah. where you you kind of just it's a very it's a super efficient way of taking yourself out of yourself and not yet not in a good way you know mm. like a book's a far better way because it's all absorbing whereas that stuff's not really all you know you, if you have anxiety that anxiety is still there and you, mm. you tap into you know instagram or whatever you'll tap into your anxieties or find the things like the trump story that You find frustrating or you're you know something you'll find you'll find something that's going to feed on that that anxiety is going to feed off yeah i think that's probably another sort of tip i guess that i've learned from this is to try and disconnect Mm. and be that's why i like the walking thing because it's you can't do anything else when you're walking you've got to be absorbed in it you know you've got to one step one foot in front of the other you know just your senses working and you know yeah how long were you on the hike four
0: days four days and you did 70k yeah yeah in four days wow that's a
1: that's a great achievement what sort of inspired that um well actually went my brother's a coughs and I went and I saw the end of the hike and I just hmm. I've been looking for like a challenge I wanted to go do something I was actually going to do it originally by myself and hmm. um eventually I had some friend who just crazily just decided to come along which was a relief because I was like I don't want to die on a rock alone <laughs> <laughs> because anyone who's walked with me knows that i fall over quite a bit because my balance is not great and um <laughs> i remember i went to south africa with a friend and he was like this is you really shouldn't be doing this as a hobby it's, <laughs> it's a terrible idea i mean that was before i had my operations and my balance is even worse
0: yeah but um
1: but yeah i wanted to do something hard i guess i wanted to just do something i'd started walking along the beach here where i live and i really sort of got into it and I, i, I it really was a recovery thing for me where I I kind of just, when I was feeling bad, I would just go and pound along the beach for like 14 K, you know, Um, it's like seven K to the end of the beach, seven K back.
0: Mm.
1: And so I just thought, well, I wonder if I can expand on this and kind of do the next thing. I've always been into like the travel and adventure thing. Um, Mm. That's been one of my my biggest genres I've read. Um, I read a book too when I was, really at my lowest point this last time which was called the salt path which i'd highly recommend to anyone as far as one called rainer win and it's this wonderful story about these people who were just in their 50s actually maybe, maybe late 50s um and really just like lo- not to give it away but just handed this just two terrible blows that saw them lose everything mm. and be in a situation where they just had nothing and left in the world and they their solution was essentially to just jump on this path, which I'd walked in the UK. I lived in New Quay, um, which is in Cornwall. And they, there's this beautiful path called the Southwest Coast Path, which goes for a 1,000 miles. So what, 1,500 k's? Like that. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, they so they, they, they their their solution, rather than sort of living in misery and on the on the dole and you know um, withering away, their their solution to it was well, they've always wanted to do this. Let's just go and do that. And at least every day, you know, we'll get up, we'll see the sunrise and we'll see the sunset, and we won't, mm-hmm. you know, well, we're going to eat miserably anyway at home, but at least we'll be eating miserably in a tent. You know, they were we'll looking at the ocean. It's a fantastic story, and you just can't believe how these people actually sort of mustered the energy and didn't sort of fall into resentment and bitterness over this fate that had befell them and um, befallen them. And, um, yeah, so I guess that was kind of maybe the inspiration for this was I just thought, well, I'd like to do a bit of a – because I always used to – that used to be my fallback when I was really struggling mentally where I lived, was just to jump on the path and just go even for a day and just – and I did like two or three day stretches as well, but just, um, you know, just to lose myself in it and just, that would be my reset, my reset button. And it would bring you back to, you know, well, take me out of myself and my problems. And you meet people. I mean, you always meet, always find it when you meet, when you go past, walk past someone, they always smile and say hi, and you don't find that in life. You know, yeah. when you're out on the path hiking, it's just always the way, you know? Mm. And yeah. so, yeah, that was my reset button. And um, I guess that's what kind of what inspired it was, was just reading that book and just thinking, well, then I went and saw this sort of little path and I was like, well, you know, that seems feasible. 70 K's I could do, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. I love it. Um, I feel like we could just keep going on and on all all night. It's been um, so good to reconnect with you. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, um, Mark and I uh, are going to hopefully collaborate on a, and a downloadable document that you can uh, can get your hands on. If you're listening to this podcast, it'll be just below wherever you're listening to it. And it'll be, you know, 10 ways that if you're going through some challenging times, if you're going through some struggles uh, with your own mental health, 10 tips for you to, um, to help uh, get yourself back on top. Um, I myself have gone through my own uh, mental health challenges, and as you've heard, Mark has has faced and overcome a lot of his as well. So um, we're gonna we're gonna throw a Google document together and um, share that to hopefully help as many people as possible. So thank you so much, Mark, for for reconnecting and and no, all right, awesome. jump on and and do this. I really appreciate it, and um, we'll talk to you really soon. Cool,
1: excellent. Thank you. <laughs>
0: And there you have it. Try not to panic. 10 tips for overcoming anxiety and depression with Mark Glover. We started off there with recognizing the moments that need correction. And we talked about some of the crutches that uh, people use, people resort to. And then as we began exploring success, we also began to explore education. And Mark has a vast bank of wisdom there to draw upon and there's some really smart moves that if you are someone who is in education or wants to get into education uh, that you can apply some smart principles that you can uh, apply there. At the end of that interview, as I was wrapping up, I talked about a collaborative document, 10 Tips for Overcoming Anxiety and Depression. Now, if I'm going to be really honest, Mark put together the draft for that document, and uh, I took a look at that, and I thought, I don't really need to make any changes. It's a fantastic document. So uh, I announced it there as a collaborative document, but it's all Mark's work, and you can get that at blueprintlifeacademy.com.au forward slash Mark. 10 tips for overcoming anxiety and depression i just want to say thank you so much for tuning into this episode if you know some people who are facing uh, their own mental health struggles make sure that you share this episode with them make sure you subscribe so that you stay updated with all the support and resources that we offer here on the blueprint hope you have a wonderful week bye for now
1: decision is mine, I have left it for life These are the eyes that I want you to remember